Hello, this is Dr. Deepak Bhatt, Editor-in-Chief of Journal of Invasive Cardiology, here for the Journal of Invasive Cardiology podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm here today with my good friend, Dr. Samin Sharma, one of the world's most noted interventional cardiologists, and he has just served as senior author for a paper in Journal of Invasive Cardiology titled, Efficacy and Safety of an Upfront Rotatripsy Strategy in the Treatment of De Novo and Instant Restenosis Cases. I thought it was a fascinating paper, and you can certainly read all the details in JIC, but I was hoping to hear from Dr. Sharma directly what his study showed. So, Samin, perhaps you can just tell our audience what the study was and then exactly what it showed. Sure. Sure, uh, Dr. Bhatt, thank you. Um, and uh, the, basically, as we know, when calcific lesions uh, are, are becoming uh, more challenging, and particularly, we are also having many devices. We which used to have rotational atherectomy and orbital atherectomy. Those are the atherectomy in severely calcified lesions. Then had laser, has some role, and now the IVL, which has come up. Come up. All are good for severely calcified lesions. So one of the issue had been, which is IVL, which everybody wants to use, which is a very little uh, technical requirement, it's easy to learn, is that it doesn't go everywhere in a tortuous because it's a bulky balloon and it does not go in all cases. Now, second point is the rotational threatening is good, but if you use a bigger bar, the large size is associated with more complications or slow flow and uh, chest pain and also subsequent re-stenosis, which was shown by the stratus trial. So what we have been, since IVL and rotational atherectomy both are here, we do about 25% of our cases uh, using atherectomy. We felt that what if we use a smaller bar, even in a large vessel, and combine it with IVL. So that was the whole concept of the rotatripsy. There have been some publications in the literature. Then we say, let's do methodically in a large vessel. So we define more than 3.5 millimeter vessel. Because small vessel, I think, just alone rotation atherectomy and balloon angioplasty will be good enough. But in a large vessel, use a smaller bar around 0.4 bar to artery ratio, means 1.75 or 1.5, and then combine with IVL. So that was the whole concept and look into it, that does it increase more vascular complication, more procedural complication, slow flow and so. And what we found in this 21 patient, where we used 12 in the de novo and nine in the instant restenosis cases, this device is strategy, with a lower bar size and IVL one-to-one bar artery ratio was very effective. One patient did have a bad outcome and maybe I'll just talk about that a little later, why, what that particular case was, but overall it, it actually kind of become now in our lab. In the past, in a very calcific lesions, about 15% we used to use two bars. Now, second bar is almost none because second bar, but instead of second bar, now we use IVL. So this combination, whether rotatripsy is the number name we gave, there are some publications, they call it rotashock because the shock wave, uh, but we thought that rotatripsy is a looks better, you know, name rotashock doesn't look good. So rotatripsy has been uh, commonly, I would say frequently used strategy in a large vessel and uh, with a tight lesion. In a less tight lesion, less, less 70% large vessel calcific, I think that case can be done with IVL. 2.5, three millimeter vessel, calcific lesion, rota alone is good enough. But in the 3.5, four millimeter vessel, combining these two strategy, in my opinion, synergistic, and that our study showed of this 21 patients. 
I like the name Rhodotripsy. I think it's really catchy. Uh, but beyond the name, this is a really clever approach for folks that have used the shockwave. It's a wonderful technology. I'll say a transformative technology in interventional cardiology. But as you said, the reality is it just doesn't get everywhere. And even if you do get it into a really tight, uh, tortuous vessel, uh, once you've inflated, it might not be so easy repositioning it sometimes. So it could be a little bit tricky and you can't always leave it where it is. Let's say you know, you're, you're doing something very proximal. Uh, oftentimes a patient might get ischemic if you've uh, inflated and deflated the balloon, but then uh, if you've withdrawn it, it might be hard getting it back there. So even if you can pass it initially, sometimes the subsequent passes can get tough. So this technique of, of uh, atherectomy beforehand, I think could be really useful and simplify in some cases even shorten the procedure versus just using intravascular lithotripsy alone. So really, I think a clever uh, technique. And, uh, and you know, I think yeah. It's, yeah, means synergistic. So question is, as uh, you just mentioned, the people then give the example, oh, disrupt CAD, they did the cases, no rotational therapy was done. I said, no, there was protocol, DBA protocol indication means the, the trial inclusion was that if you think you will need rotational therapy, those patients were not enrolled in the disrupt CAD3. So they clearly said no rotablation, but if you think it's such a long and calcific lesion, angulated, very tight lesion, that you are going to need rotablation, those patients were not enrolled in disrupt CAD3. There were some cases done in disrupt CAD2 with atherectomy. So what they did is only in those tight cases, 54%, they did a pre-dilatation with a high-pressure balloon and then did the IVL. So with the disrupt CAD3 really didn't give us any idea about this combined strategy because as the protocol, uh, the rotational therapy was exclusion. Yeah, no, that's really a terrific point about that study, which was a great study. But, but of course, in terms of applying it in real life, uh, many times we encounter situations that may not have exactly been in trial. So, you know, a question that might be asked uh, is in terms of the rototripsy strategy, uh, what is the uh, atherectomy choice that an operator can use? Does it have to be rotational atherectomy? You know, can it be using orbital atherectomy? And I'll just mention to the audience, parenthetically, uh, just this past weekend, I was lucky to see India's first use of the orbital atherectomy by Dr. Sharma uh, at his hospital, uh, Eternal Heart Care. Really uh, remarkable that you brought this technology to India. But um, for our audience, uh, does rototripsy have to be roto? Could it be uh, orbital atherectomy? How would you decide between the two? Yeah. So very good point. So I would say that it is the same, both rota or orbit. Only question is, many of these cases are very tortuous. There we are concerned with the orbital. So we are done cases with the orbital atherectomy. Only problem, what I want to say, that orbital device is so effective because it does so deep cuts very rarely you will need the adjunct device. So in the rota with a 3.5 millimeter vessel, if 1.5 or 1.75 millimeter burr, high pressure balloon, probably in 20% will not open the lesion. And then you have to use IVF. In, in orbital atherectomy, maybe in 5% of cases will not open the lesion because it just caused so deep cuts, the vessel opens up. Even at 80,000 RPM, they rarely use 120,000 RPM. So that orbital, same way, large, I would say large left main. I think using orbital with the shockwave IVL is a good combination in a left main type situation so that you have opened some lumen with the orbital and then you're following with the short, I mean, of course, you have to do pulses, 10 second pulses, but maybe you can do just three pulses rather than doing eight pulses, which can cause more ischemia in the left main. So I have, I, we personally have done three cases 
of orbital with IVL, but all three were left main. Yeah, very, very interesting. And any uh, considerations about cost uh, lumping together different strategies that is roto plus IVL or orbital atherectomy plus IVL? Yeah, so we actually are still looking into the, the final payments uh, for the devices. Only problem is once you get the DRG, you get the for the atherectomy and the device, uh, it's an added device cost. So question is second bar, which is about $1,700 versus this 4,000 IVL, that's an issue, uh, definitely. But it will pay off by decreasing the complication. So what complication is we all know. IVL, chances of perforation is almost nil. All the trials are shown. Most of them happen just balloon and after stenting and so on. Case which we have, very interesting, 4.5 millimeter large vessel, right coronary artery, elective patient. 80 plus year old patient, uh, and uh, which we described in this particular case. We did a, a 2 bar, dilated with the 4 balloon, did not completely open. Then did 4 IVL. IVL opened it a little bit, but still there was residual 20, because it's a 4.5 plus millimeter vessel. Residual 30, then I still put a 4.5 millimeter uh, synergy stent. And then we post dilated with a 4.5 at 18 atmosphere. We came out. You know, sometimes you say that maybe enemy is to make a perfect, we still have that 20, 30 millimeter dent, went back. That 4.5 millimeter balloon, we went 22 atmosphere, we saw it opening. And opening means the vessel gave up. And was a frank perforation, went through all the issues with the putting a, the, uh, the papyrus stent and the patient developed shock and later that uh, knife died. So that, I would not blame it in IVL. I would not blame it or even rota directly. It was just such a calcific, nature of the case. But besides that, what we found is almost no slow flow and other complications. So that is the biggest advantage, using a small bar in a large vessel and combining IVL and get away from the perforation. So this one was, if I would say that if I had to use in 4.5, since we are no device, nor rota, nor IVL of 4.5 millimeter available, maybe this is not the right case for this, but we had done a few cases of that large size combining two. Uh, so that was a little anomaly. But otherwise, this strategy, uh, which we are doing now, we have done in live cases, few of them showed it a uh, uh, month before uh, our CCC live in December was the same as a rota trip. See, we had advertised that way. It was LED diagonal bifurcation. And we did uh, both vessels, rota, LED and diagonal, as well as uh, uh, the IVL of those cases, uh, that particular case. So key is that the this strategy, which uh, to me, and we are also looking into this aspect that since use of IVL has started, which is in about uh, August of 2021 at Mount Sinai, and we trying to see rotational RA complication before or after. That basically means that by using IVL, are you decreasing your complication, less CK release, less slow flow, knowing that we are great, our interventional database, uh, perforation, uh, pre-IVL, post-IVL, Rotation atherectomy. Rotation atherectomy still is about 21%. Pre and post, 2-3% is orbital for us and about 1% or 0.5% is laser. Uh, IVL is, alone is done is small, but most of the time it is combined uh, with atherectomy for us. Yeah, my guess is use of IVL will ultimately lead to a decrease in complications in cath labs. I think 
you know, many times avoiding the really high pressure inflations in particular, perhaps with an oversized balloon. I know in, in the case described here, the balloon wasn't oversized, but I'm just saying in general, a lot of times people see the residual, they go in with a larger balloon, high pressure, and then the perf occurs. I think shockwave is going to really reduce the risk of that particular type of complication. Absolutely. So I think true synergy, not only for the lumen gain and lumens are all of, except that one patient, of course, that we not counted in the anal, you know, means uh, in, uh, I cannot say about the lumen because that uh, uh, we put a multiple stents in there, but everyone has a good stent expansion with this strategy with the minimal complication. You know, that's the thing really related to your paper, but as, when let's say doing a distal left main bifurcation or I suppose any major bifurcation, even a LED large diag, uh, some operators, um, well, I think historically operators just put the wire down the initial vessel and and do atherectomy. More recently, you know, there have been some operators that say for distal left main are wiring uh, the one vessel, uh, but then uh, that they're going to do atherectomy on, but then actually wire the other vessel and then protect that wire with a guideline. Or obviously, you have to use a large guide to to have it all fit in there. Is that something you ever do? Yeah. So very good point. So which actually, I would say three times that question in last two years have been asked in our uh, live cases, uh, and I I told everyone that one, we have never done it. And secondly, we never needed to do it, Could never needed. Question is why? So we have some cases like that, very 80% calcific LED, but there's a 90% diagonal, 95%. You worry about, we would know that after atherectomy, unlikely that you'll close the vessel, but we are a little concerned. I think in that concern, put a wire in the diagonal, open up with a two-o balloon, very small, make a little human, don't go high pressure, and will nothing will happen. Now you complete the, uh, rotablation of the LED, and then before dilating the LED post rota uh, or orbital, just put a wire in the side branch and open it up. So key is that, yes, that is one of the crazy approach, I call it, because you need an eight French guide. Right. So you need a not seven, eight French guide is needed to have your 1.5 bar and the guide liner. So you have to bring the guide liner Godzilla into the side branch, protect this, uh, and, it, and then you have to go almost across the ostium. If you're going across the ostium, that means you're going with the guide liner, which is the lumen of 1.9 French. So it's, it's probably not that tight, but yes, uh, that has been described. If you are very much concerned keeping the side branch and IVL comes handy in that way that you can leave the side branch and if you can open, uh, IVL can go. I can tell you that I have few cases, 70% left main, not even 80, 90, 70%. I said, I'm going to put an IVL and about five, 7% of the time, IVL would not even go in the 70% left main. Then I need a cutting balloon, 3.5, and then put IVL, then it goes. So IVL is, they're making a lot of changes in the future. The more flexibility, maybe higher total cycles. Right now, there are eight cycles, 80 seconds. They're making those changes. But till that time, biggest limitation of the IVL is, while as good as it is, but the bulkiness is a big issue on that case. Yeah, I agree. And as I mentioned before, even for left main, where it might be easy or relatively easy to deliver the first time, once it's a bit winged, obviously you can't just leave it, you know, parked there in the left main. Sometimes people get ischemic, you pull it back, and then it's hard to, to re-advance it if you haven't debulked uh, initially. So the final question I'll ask is just about a, within stents. You, in this uh, very nice paper, had described uh, cases of instant restenosis also treated with this rhodotripsy methodology. Any particular concerns or tips or tricks you want to share with the audience on that one? Yeah, so basically what happened is 
the instant restenosis, a lot of people are concerned using rotational hysterectomy, but we have been uh, published paper first time of 100 cases back in 1996 by a Jack article. Uh, and so quite experienced. And particularly, it works quite well in the unexpanded stent, angiographically or iOS-wise, you see, or OCT unexpanded stent works quite by generating the heat. The concept basically here was that these patients with instant restenosis is the same, that you're debulked or modified a little bit of the plaque. And now instead of just going high pressure, we are never able to completely expand, use the IVL. And what we did is, is our policy that if there is a two layer stent, actually a couple of them even failed with IV, the BT brachytherapy. So two layers of stent just did a rota and IVL, did not put a third layer. Of the nine cases, two had first time ISR. So that case, we did a rota IVL and put another stent. So we, in our lab, uh, that uh, third stent is almost no-no. And in those cases, actually, the, of the seven, I, we, I know that we counted about five already have an IBBT in the past. So they have failed the IBBT, but uh, not uh, additional stent. So key, the question comes, it's actually even better that using a smaller bar in a, uh, in a ISR or maybe an expanded stent and will cause less bar entrapment. So we have no case of bar entrapment of those nine cases, but it will, again, the concept still remain the same that uh, we, the, there is a lot of controversy about that should you use a rotational hysterectomy in uh, uh, stent or ISR or unexpanded stent. We know the laser is the first treatment, which we understand, and we use it uh, as needed. But uh, we are very comfortable. We have published multiple times uh, use of rotational hysterectomy for ISR. And this is where we combine the same principle what needed to be done for the native vessel, that uh, small bar, and hopefully got the better lumen. And, uh, and there was no complication on those cases. Yeah, I recall Pat Whitmer was actually a big believer in rotational atherectomy for instant restenosis, though, of course, with careful technique and caution and trying one's best to avoid burn entrapment. Well, you know, this has been incredibly insightful. Any uh, final comments for the audience? Yeah, so I would just say that uh, the our paper uh, in uh, JIC is uh, in series of a few other uh, small level, small patient pop, uh, publications that this uh, device strategy is a good one and uh, everybody should use it. And in my opinion, my suggestion is never, there is almost no situation that since uh, August of uh, 2021 at Mount Sinai, that we have used more than two over. So even two over is small, but none, none 2.25, 2.30, none. So key is avoid the large bar and this in an even large vessel, this device is strategy, but key is that you just go slow and uh, even if cases in left main, don't do your all six, eight cycles. Do two, come back, let it reperfuse and complete the process. Really great advice. Lots of pearls of wisdom there from Dr. Sharma. Uh, hopefully the audience enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Uh, I certainly learned a lot as I always do speaking to you. Uh, this is Dr. Deepa Bhatt for Journal of Invasive Cardiology. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.